Today's sermon is one that's part of an intentional direction to take us down a new path. We're starting a brand new series next week called Courageous Conversations. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Courageous Conversations. It is my argument that there comes a moment when you have to have a courageous conversation with yourself. And you have to ask yourself some tough questions. Are you stuck is one of the questions. We'll deal with that this morning. The second question you have to ask yourself is, how much time do you have to change? How long do you have? That's what we'll talk about tonight. Some people think they have forever. But I want you to play back in your mind the truth. Name in your mind somebody that you loved who's no longer with us. But they didn't know they wouldn't be here today. Go back in your mind and ask yourself, how long ago was it that you were in high school and you didn't really realize you had to get out of there one day and you couldn't go back? Didn't realize you'd have to have a job and pay bills and take care of yourself like you do now. How long did you have to live with someone taking care of you? Do you remember those days when somebody gave you money? Do you remember those days when somebody paid your bills for you? You remember those days when somebody came to your rescue? Uh, you don't know how long you have that. And that's why you should appreciate it. Some of you were married and you were happily married and then all of a sudden it went south. You didn't realize your marriage would last less than eight years or five years or three years. You didn't realize that you would lose a child or a brother or a mother or a best friend. And now you see that you didn't have forever. Sometimes you need to have a courageous conversation with people who are angry with you. Sit them down and say, you know, I don't live forever. If you and I don't settle this, fix this, I don't know how much longer you have with me. Sometimes you need to have a courageous conversation with yourself. If you keep spending your money the way you're spending it, never saving anything, living from week to week, what's going to happen to you? Everybody say courageous conversations. We've used this facility for years. We've been coming here well over 10 years probably. And it's been a wonderful facility, but this facility won't be here within five years. If so, the city's still deciding what it's going to do and how it's going to work, but we have to build something. Tell your neighbor, amen. We need space. Tonight, we have to have two services to fit everybody in. Those are good problems to have. But every now and then, you've got to have a courageous conversation with yourself and say, what is present and true today will not be true in five years. This will all be a memory. And if you don't have the courage and the confidence to take on the next step of your life, your marriage can't stay where it is, always in strife. How long will he stay with you, cussing him out like that, slamming the door, having an attitude? How long will she stay with you with those attitudes, locking yourself in the room, never taking her anywhere? How long will your kids love you and hang out with you, cussing them out, calling them names, and not being consistent? Do you really think that you have forever? Go to the retirement home. Sit down with some of those people. Listen to their stories. They'll tell you, 
I had a husband once. I took him for granted, talked to him all kind of ways. One day he left me. I had a wife once, used to slap her around. One day she got tired of that. And I woke up and I was hurt and by myself, wondering why my kids won't call me. You see, you need to have a courageous conversation with yourself before you get stuck. Before you get into the place that you can't change. Sometimes God gives you a window, an opportunity. And he says, I want you to never be stuck in the same place, feeling the same way with the same old ugly circumstances. I want to give you a door and a way out of it. And this, I believe, is your year. This is the time you can launch into a new place, into a new day, into a new beginning. Your life can be different today. You can, you can make a decision today. Everybody say decision. decision. You can make one decision today that can change everything in your life. You can make one bold decision. It's all about you deciding. And so that's what we've talked about all year. All year long, we've been talking about how to build a future. And the journey we took was to get you to learn how to do that. And what we did was we asked you questions. And there were 12 questions we've asked you this year. The first thing I asked you was, are you thinking differently? If you're going to change your future, you have to think differently. You cannot have a different future if you think the same way. Secondly, I said you have to approach things differently. And so I ask you that. If you're not approaching your life any different, if you're not going to do that next year, if it's just going to be the same, 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 you'll end up in the same place. Thirdly, I ask you, are you clear about your convictions? I'm not talking about what somebody else believes. I'm talking about what we believe as a church. What's our conviction? The power of having our own, the power of being in control of our life. What's your conviction about that? I have one conviction. I always say nobody is planning for my success. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Nobody is planning for my success. Say it again. Come on. Nobody is planning for my success. When you are a young person living with a parent, that is your only season when that would be true. And that's temporary. At some age, the parents start saying, what do you want to do? They put it all on you. You've got to have a clear conviction about your future and your life. I talked about being passionate. Where is your fire? What's burning inside of you? I'm 59, and it's amazing that some people think I'm supposed to be out of gas by now. I hear this amazing comment. You know what the comment is? The comment is, um, bring it here for me. The comment is, the comment is, boy, you look so good for your age. Ooh, wait, how old are you again? 59. Everybody say 59. Mm. And April 26, write that down. <laughs> You're going to be 60. Ooh, 60. Man, can you still run? When are you going to stop pastoring? You've been pastoring for 36 years, now it's about time to hang it up, isn't it? What people assume 
is that when you get a certain age, you lose all passion. And for some people, that's true. But I asked you last year, this year, I said, are you passionate? Do you still love the Word of God? Do you still love God? Do you still love your life? Do you still have a dream? Retirement is fine as long as you don't lose your passion. Retirement is fine as long as you find new passions and new things to do. But if you sit around and look at yourself in the mirror, it's not that wonderful. Everybody say passion. I ask you, were you passionate? I ask you, were you disciplined? You can be disciplined all day long, but without passion, there's no, who cares? If you're passionate, brother, I'm sorry, and not disciplined, it doesn't matter because you'll never get to where you want to be. Then I ask you, were you truthful? Do you tell the truth? Or do you lie to yourself? Then I ask you, are you believing what God promised you? See, I, I, I just think that God said the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. I just believe that I don't have to have the life that everybody else has. I can sow myself to a better place. I can sow myself to a better place. I believe that I can, I can make a decision. Ricky Temple can make a decision to be a happy person, a blessed person. But that's my decision. Then I ask you, were you hard to move? Remember that? Sometimes you can hear things over and over again and you don't change. Have you ever asked yourself, why am I still here? Why does somebody have to still tell me that that's not acceptable? Why? Why every job I get on, I get into strife with the people? Why is it hard to move me to another financial level? Why do I make less than I should make? And why can't I get to that next place? Am I hard to move? Does God want to bless me, but he can't? Because I'm stuck. In the same place, with the same feelings, and the same circumstances. All because I'm hard to move. And then I ask you, were you prepared for a rainy day? And this was during the season of the storms. And the series I did not plan, this is a series I changed. I added this one. And I talked about the importance of being prepared and how you have to face, and this is a good, incredible discussion you need to have. It's coming. The bad weather is coming back to Savannah again. We're going to have more challenges in life. But are you prepared for them? Then I ask you with this, are you listening? You know, it's so phenomenal that some people, some of your kids, some of your family members, some of mine, could not listen until they were in prison. Until they took away their freedom. Until they locked them behind bars. Then they listened, at least for a minute. Are you a person who listens to what God says? Listens to the advice your family and friends have given to you over the years? Then I ask you, are you going to give yourself a chance? And I quoted a verse, Luke 6, 38, where it says, Given and shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And what I said to you was that if you don't decide to give yourself a chance, what can I do? I'm a big helper person. I am so committed to helping so many people. I help leaders. I do mentoring. I do all this stuff. But here's what I've learned. If you won't give yourself a chance, there's nothing I can do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. There are people you try to help. There are people that try to talk to you. There are people that try to advise you. But if you're, if you're determined to be broke, if a church is determined to be in strife, 
If a leader is determined not to listen to anybody, if I'm determined to eat what I want no matter what anybody says, then I'm not giving myself a chance. Now, out of all the series I did this year, that one touched me because, you know what I said? You, Ricky Temple, give yourself a chance. You get up and you walk 20 minutes a day for three days a week at a brisk pace to give yourself a chance. You get on this floor and you do a couple stretches and you give yourself a chance to not hurt so much. You give yourself a chance. You take 10% of what you make and you save it. You give yourself a chance so that when you need $1,000, you can save yourself. Come on, say, give yourself a chance. Almost said, give me some light too, praise God. Can you see me? The light went away. Felt like I went in the darkness. <laughs> Come on, y'all, give me some light. Then I asked the question, are you building yourself a chance? Now, you know, there's one thing about building that's crucial. Building is your responsibility, not mine. Lift your hand with me, please, and declare with me. Please say, I am building my future. Say it again. Come on, say, I am building my future. I'm building my future. I'm building my future. Now, that's apart from you. Ricky Temple is building a future. For he and Diane, we're building a future. Our church is building a future, apart from all the other churches in town. We're building our own future. Our giving, our volunteerism, our service, our commitment. We, we can't make it everybody else's job to build us a future. What's your family's name? Now, don't forget this. This is a test. You can pass this one. I'm going to say one, two, three, and you're going to say your family's name. Are you with me? No, are you with me? On the count of three, your family name is? Billion. One more time. What's your family name? Billion. That's the name of the people who need to think about the again. What's your name? Billion. Those are the people. The Temple family. The Smith family. The Johnson family. The Williams family. You need to think about what you're building for you. Build yourself a chance. But you're not going to do that in one big hurry. You're going to do that piece by piece. The Lord said in Exodus chapter 23, he says, I'm going to give you everything, but it won't be in a year. That's the problem we have. We don't like this, this prolonged thing. We want everything to happen right away, instantaneously, all of a sudden. But it doesn't happen that way. He says, I will not drive them out in a single year because the land, here's why. I'm not going to do it because of this reason. The land would become desolate and the wild animals are too numerous for you. I'm not going to give it to you because you, it will overrun you. The reason you don't get a driver's license at 13 is because it's too much. The reason that you didn't need some of the things you prayed for when you prayed for them because it was too much. The real question is, are you mature enough? Are we mature enough? And let there be light. Are we mature enough? That's the question. Are we mature enough for what we pray for? My honest answer, 
No, some people don't need another 1,000 members. We have 3,230 members. Now, you know, if you join today, that would be 231. But, you know, the, the deal is, that's a lot of people to coordinate for and plan for and organize for and house. Are you mature enough for another $100,000 in your life? Are you mature enough for another two, three children? Are you mature enough? See, there are things you pray for. You want to be promoted on your job, but are you mature enough to be a manager? He says, if I give you what you ask for, it may be too numerous for you. So here's what I'm going to do in verse 30. I'm going to give it to you little by little, and I'm going to drive out them before you until, you've in, until I'm, I'm, all of it's going to hinge on your increasing. Read this last part with me, please, under the note. He says, I will drive them out before you until you have done what? Increased. Until you've increased. Exodus chapter 23, verse 29 through 30. Until you've increased. And you, then you'll inherit the land. But I have to wait until you increase. And I believe that in our church, I believe that in, our, in my life, the Lord says, no, temple, there are things you prayed for, but I had to wait until you increased. There are things we prayed for in 2007. I think it was, the Lord says, no, 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 no. You need to wait. Wait until you increase. You need to increase in your knowledge. You need to increase in your understanding. You need to, uh, you need to increase. You don't know enough. You think you do. You may be excited. You may even be passionate. Some of you that are waiting to be married, God's waiting for you to increase. And some of you who've gotten married before you increased, you saw what happened. The whole thing decreased. Can I get an amen, people? Sometimes it's, it's not until you increase in your attitudes towards leadership, attitudes towards working together. Your business can increase until you increase. You don't listen enough to your staff. You're not patient with people. You're not good at management. You don't manage your $30,000 a year. How in the world can you manage $300,000? You have trouble saving out of your $30,000 1%. How in the world? I want you, you, don't, you already come late to somebody else's job. You're going to be late to your job. Come on, lift your hand and say it with me, please. Say, I must. Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on, say, I must increase. Come on, say it again. Say, I must increase. There's something about me facing the truth. I'm praying and I'm talking to God, but the Lord says, no, you're stuck in the same place, same circumstance, because you have the same feelings about everything. You're in the same place. And, and here's the hard thing about that. The hard truth is, it's obvious. One more verse and we're done for the day. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 through 3 is a very painful verse. It's painful because Paul writes, many people believe that, the author of this book, Barnabas, many believe, wrote this book. In writing it, he said, I want to give you one final summary of why people are stuck. And it's just, it's just, it's just, it's classic. Here's what he says. And this is from the Message Bible. It's just really cool. So come, let us leave preschool finger painting exercises on Christ. In the King James, it says the elementary principles of Christ. That's how it describes it, elementary. The word elementary is used in the King James. But in the Message Bible, it calls it preschool, finger-painting exercises on Christ. And get on with the grand work of art. 
Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. Turning you back on salvation by self-help and turning in trust toward God, baptism or instructions, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment, God helping us will stay true to all that, but there is so much more. Come on, say so much more. Let's get on with it. Here's the bottom line of what he's saying. Okay, listen, you guys, you believers in Christ are like preschool finger-painting people. That's what he says to them. You keep arguing about, you know, the foundational truths like, you know, salvation, you know, self-help, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. You live in the argument of those basic issues over and over again. Those are the elementary principles of Christianity. And you argue about that all the time. You're like preschoolers. I want you to hear this. This is profound. He says, you want to know why you're stuck? I'll tell you why you're stuck. Because you have not grown up. You have not come to realize you can't do that. And I think to use the term preschooler is really deep because I have a toddler in my life. And I was reading. I, I, I read about, you know, things. I'm, I'm reading about, about her. I read about children. I, I believe in reading ahead of your season. And one of the things that I read the other day was I read this wonderful article about children. And here's what it said. <laughs> it's, it says, despite their reputation of innocence, referring to children, children are bubbling, listen to this careful, children are a bubbling cauldron of conflicting feelings and impulses. This is especially during toddler and preschool years when they become aware of their capacity to do bad things and struggle with understanding, struggle with understanding their urges. It's like a cauldron. It's bubbling. Should I listen? Should I not listen? Should I throw the ball in the house or not throw the ball in the house? Should I? Shouldn't I? A bubbling cauldron of choices. Bubbling in me saying, don't do, don't do. I want them to say, good girl, good boy, but it's fun to throw the ball. And it's a bubbling cauldron <laughs> of things going off in their minds. And I think there's something powerful. And so it, it goes on in the article to talk about how children watch these cartoons and these cartoon characters tell them what's good and what's bad. And they talk about, you know, you know things that I never would watch in my life now. I'm watching, and I'm watching things that, and listening to music I would never listen to. And what's really fascinating is I watch her my make these choices to do and not to do. And I find that when God looks at us and says, we're the same, you're like her, children. To argue or not to argue, to cuss, not to cuss, to fight, to not to fight. You're the same. He says you're hanging in the same elementary area. You are stuck in the same place with the same feelings, and that's why you have the same circumstances. Oh, I'm preaching good. You better say something. Come on now. To look at you and say you are a preschooler, stuck here in the same place with the same feelings and the same unnecessary 
circumstances. Made me pause. It made me step back and say, oh boy, that's pretty deep. So I listed for you five things, of course. Basically, five signs you're stuck in the same place as you are stuck in preschool. That's a sign. You're still finger painting. You've not grown up. You never get to the much more. You're always stuck in the place you're in. The much more in life, you never get there. You never get on with it. You never get on with it. Can we just get on with it? Why must, why, why is this always the same? Can we go that way? Please. Here's what you assume. You have forever to go that way. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have forever to stop, get, get right with that boss. You don't have forever on that job. You don't have forever to not pay your rent. The landlord's not going to keep giving you extensions. They're going to come get that car you're driving in. You better park it around the back. You don't have forever to promise and not keep your words. You don't have forever. You've got to come to a point where you get on with it. You can't keep living in elementary school. You cannot keep doing this. There's a moment in your life when you come to see this behavior, these choices, this attitude is preschool. And for me, all I have to do is look to the right and say, I'm acting like her, like him. Preschoolers have a hard time seeing things, too, sometimes. She's not in here. She, she, within, she, she, not, she can't hear me good. Okay. Raise your right hand. Put your hand up right in. I mean, put your hand up. Don't say this. She never heard the story of the big bad wolf, ever. And she heard the story the other day. And the big, big bad wolf, big bad wolf goes to grandmama's house. Now, she'd like to say, I'm going to go to grandmama's house. She shook on the phone. I'm coming to grandmama's house. So she's watching the story. And, then, and when they said the big bad wolf is coming to grandmama's house, they were in the car on the way to grandmama's house. So in her mind, she put the two together. <laughs> the big bad wolf is going to grandmama's house. So when she got there, she opened the door. This is true. I opened the door. I said, hey, baby. She said, pops, pops, the wolf, the wolf. He's coming to grandmama's house. I said, what did you say, baby? She said, riding, red, 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 hood, red, hood, red, red, hood. He's a wolf. Got teeth. She was, she was, man, she was, oh, she was nervous. And you better not say nothing to her today about that if you see her. Do you hear me? Don't you say a word? Don't you even say the word wolf if you see her? I mean that. Don't you say a word. She was, I mean that in Jesus' name. I'm come get you. Don't you say a word. She was, ooh. She, all she saw was the wolf and grandmama house. And she was telling me, and I had to get down on my knees. I said, what you saying, baby? Her eyes was big. And she said, pop, pop. She said come here. She said, the wolf. She was whispering in my ear, the wolf. He got teeth. And he coming to grandmama house. <laughs> and it took a minute to get her to understand. No, baby. That's the story. You're not coming. 
Her daddy gave her the greatest comfort. Her daddy said, that wolf ain't coming, baby. If he do, I'll put him in a headlock. <laughs> There's something about toddler thinking. You got to work with them. You got to wrestle with them. Is that what it's like dealing with you? You got the wolf in your mind, and there's no wolf. <laughs> You're mad and you shouldn't be mad. You're scared and you shouldn't be scared. You're stuck in a preschool place. There's something about this whole message that reached down and grabbed me and said, Temple, don't be stuck in the same place with the same feelings and end up with the same circumstances. You don't have forever. You got to decide today. Now, this is the last day of the year. It's about time for us to grow up. Are you with me, church? Are we going forward? Are we going forward? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everything that has been said today. I see my preschool tendencies. There are moments when I've had to say, stop it, Temple. You've got to get beyond the elementary issues of life. It's time to grow up. It's time to go forward. And Father, I commit in this year in Jesus' name to leading this church forward. We are not afraid of our future. We embrace the future with confidence and faith. And we declare in Jesus' name that your hand is on us and that your blessing is on us. We are willing to have those courageous conversations. We're not afraid of them, Lord. We invite them in Jesus' name. In the book of Judges, Lord, there was this constant cycle they lived in over and over again. They would succeed then they would fail. They would have exciting moments of faithfulness to God, then they would go right back and do things that they shouldn't do. That's the way they lived in the book of Judges. And they were punished over and over again. They never got out of preschool. Let that not be true for us. Let us rise above our own immaturity and our own insecurities and help us to become the people you want us to be. I, I want you to lift your hand with me, church. Father, I pray for you to let there be a wave of healing in this church, a wave of review in the coming year where people would say, for this many years I've had this issue and I will no longer allow that to be true in my life in the coming year. In Jesus' name, I will not allow myself to be that angry, that frustrated another day of my life. In the name of Jesus, I'm releasing all these issues. Come on, pray with me, church. I'm letting my brother off the hook, my sister off the hook, my cousin off the hook, my mama, my daddy, myself, myself, even me. I can't keep blaming myself for what went wrong 
I can't keep carrying this love relationship in my heart this way. I cannot continue down this path. I must grow up in Christ. And so today we thank you as we leave this service for your healing and for the strength to go forward. We open our hearts for future uh, courageous conversations. And we believe, God, you're going to speak to us. We're going to hear you in a new way. In Jesus' name. Now, every head bowed, every hand down for a minute. If you're in this room today and you say, Pastor Rick, I want to ask two questions. One, Pastor, I realize that I need to give my life to Jesus. What you said today makes all the sense in the world. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need, I need to really get serious about my walk with God. No one says you're going to be perfect overnight or some spiritual giant. You just know you need to start with God today. And all you want me to do is pray for you. To every head bowed for your privacy, I want you simply to say, I want you to pray for me, Pastor, because I want to give my life to Jesus today. I want to start a walk with God. I know I need him. Raise your hand so I can pray for you. Where are you? I see one. Where do I see the rest? I see two. I see three, four, five. Where are you at? I see you. I see you. I see you back there. Anybody else? Do I see who, I'm, who am I praying for? Just raise your hand. Put it down. Anybody else? I'm praying for you today. I'm praying and believing. Father, we pray for all who raise their hands and many who raise their hearts. We pray this is the beginning of a new life for them, both here and in the building and at home. May this be the day that they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I thank you and I love you and I give you praise. Let me say one more thing, too. Some of you have been coming around this church for a long time. and Some of you have been coming for a short time. I believe that there's something about connection and relationship that makes the difference. I want you to pray about joining the church. I want you to pray about becoming part of our family, and I want to meet with you next month. I'd love to get a chance to shake your hand and get a chance to know you and pray for you personally. If you're interested in membership, look inside your bulletin. There's a blue card. It's called a Get Connected card. I want you to fill that card out, and I want you to leave it with us when you leave. The ushers will be at the door, and you can leave that card at the door with the usher. Ushers, raise your hand. Where will the ushers be who's going to receive in each aisle for me? Let me see each aisle. The usher in this aisle. Is that right? You, Mayetta? Raise your hand, Mayetta. Okay, in this aisle right here. Mary, in that aisle. Who's back on this aisle? Over here. This usher here and this usher. Raise your hand. Stop. Give the cards to those four people. Raise your hands. Ushers, raise your hands for me, please, one more time. Those four ushers. One, two, three, four. You see their hands up? Stop. That. They'll give them the card and say, I'm interested in joining the church today. Love to have you be a part of our fellowship. Now, also I want to say this. If you're interested today... There is, there, there's going to be a place for you who raise your hand outside. It says New Beginning. There's a table marked New Beginning. Is that right? You stop by there, and that, that sign that says New Beginning, for those of you who raised your hand and said, I want to start a life with Jesus, you stop by that table. There's a blue packet they want to give to you from us. It's a gift to help you start your walk with Jesus. So please stop by there and receive that. Did you learn something today? Come on. Did you learn? I hope you did. I hope you learned a little bit today.